Um, I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to hand over to you and hopefully I'm going to be able to support you with all the technology to bring up the right words at the right time. So Father, firstly, I want to thank you. I thank you. I want to thank you that we can still be connected around the world. Your church is not limited by uh, what's going on right now. You knew it, Lord God. You were ready for it. You equipped us in some ways and uh, Lord, in other ways we're learning. And so, Father, I pray that the technology would work, that people right around the world would hear what you are going to share through Clem this morning. Father, thank you for his givenness to prepare this word. Father, I pray that you'd feed his spirit even as he preaches it. Father, I pray that you'd release to us all that you want to say to us. And that, Father, we'd be, have our ears open and our hearts ready to receive and respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, Clem. This is why it's a little difficult in this 
time when we're all separated. The one thing we're still craving is being together. It's why we find these platforms life-giving. You know, you can go on the internet and find great teaching. I do. I watch great sermons on the internet. But a little bit later this morning here in America, I'll be online with my church because I want to watch our worship team. I want to hear my pastor. I want to feel that connection to my body. And that's something that you can't take away. That's something that people are going to be really jumping into. And prayer keeps this thing going. Because we know we're praying not only individually, we're praying together. This is what Paul is exhorting Timothy. Get people praying together. And he uses different words for prayer. And I'm going to take those apart for just a minute. These different uh, scriptural types of prayer. If you look at these meanings from the Greek language, it'll help shape our own prayer life. It will deepen our communication with God, especially in a time of this, especially in a time of crisis, in a time of warfare. So Paul's first word, and I love word order. I, I think the fact that God gives words and lists, there's an order to it. I see, we see an order in the Ten Commandments. There's ten of them, and they're not willy-nilly. God gave them in a particular order. Um, the Beatitudes, you're going to see almost like the Beatitudes shaped through prayer as we start out with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And uh, there's a sequence of prayer tied into even the giving of the Beatitudes. And here we see, first of all, supplication, second of all, prayers, which we're going to examine these words, and then intercessions. I want to just look at that word order for a minute. We're going to look at supplication. Paul says, first of all, I urge supplication. Why is that first? Why does he put that word in there? Maybe you're not familiar with that word. Maybe you don't hear it. It's not that much mentioned, translated out. It's translated out only about seven times in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament, too, from the Septuagint. But here we have this word supplications. The Greek word there is pronounced deomai. Deomai is the Greek word. And here's what it means. It means to make earnest entreaty, beseeching, even begging, a type of literally means to pour out oneself. It's where you come to God, and here's the thing. You come to God not knowing the answer. Isn't that really a lot of our prayers? Why do we go to God? We need answers. We have needs. We're needy. This particular prayer is highly need-oriented. It's coming to God based on a personal need or the need of someone else. You come burdened with a need, right now. There's so many needs we have. Physical needs, spiritual needs, needs in our soul. Social distancing creates needs. And so we come to God and we just pour out ourselves. I think this is so healthy for us. And I think this is why it's first. Sometimes we can just come to God and empty ourselves of all of our preconceived notions, all of our plans, all of our, all of our great ideas. Just come to God and pour yourself out and empty yourself. That's a great place to start in prayer. Empty. Another word for that would be to consecrate yourself. Jesus did that. Jesus would consecrate himself before God and use words like this. Not my will, but your will be done. I'm not coming to you, God, with my will. I'm not coming with my answers. I'm not coming with my ideas. What I think you should do. I'm coming and I'm throwing away my list. I pour myself out. We have a great scripture reference. Uh, several of them. I'm just going to make a few references. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, it's a classic prayer that we pray all the time. And I think it's very prophetic for the season we're in. This is where Jesus told the disciples to pray, Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers 
his harvest. Wow, first of all, it's his harvest. Second of all, he didn't say pray for harvest. You know what? The harvest is plenteous. That means there's plenty of souls to be saved. What's our job then? Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the harvest. Now, what kind of prayer do we pray? Here's the word, deomai. This is a prayer of supplication. There's a great need. Based on what? The great need, okay? And it's always people-oriented. Not, Lord, we need bigger church buildings. We need more money. It's not about material things. This is always dealing with the needs of people. Maybe it's their, they may have a material need. But you're coming and pouring yourself out and bringing the need before God. You're, 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 you're bringing it because of your relationship to a person that you know. It's a form of prayer always based on the love of others. Paul used it almost exclusively. He used it in uh, Timothy. He used it in writing to the Ephesians and the Romans and also Philippians. Paul used this word, deomai, the prayer of supplication. It's need-oriented. In Zechariah, chapter 12, verse 10, just making this reference, you can write it down or just think about it. And I think this is something that God is doing. That Zechariah prophesied that the day would come when God would pour out a spirit of grace and supplication. They go together. There's a great grace upon the church right now. What does that mean? Divine enablement. We are being divinely enabled, I think, for the harvest. There's an equipping that is going on behind the scenes. And it's a spirit of grace and supplication. In other words, the spirit of God is moving us into supplication. Praying for laborers, praying for the harvest. God, send laborers into the harvest. We supplicate. There's such need out there. And we realize when people are dying because of a virus, are we concerned? Are they going to heaven? Are we concerned? Yes, and it's great. We're praying for all kinds of people, which is what Paul's urging Timothy to do. I want supplications, prayers, intercession made for all kinds of people, is what the Greek would say. All kinds of people, especially those in authority. And I think, I don't know about you, we're seeing it in the United States, but I'm watching it on. See how we're all we're praying for our presidents and prime ministers and world leaders that God would give them wisdom that we could lead a godly and peaceful life is what Paul was getting to. So there can be resistance in the prayer of supplication because you don't know. Because our our knowledge is, is weak and we come with prayer and supplication. This is also what um, what happened. This is interesting when Jesus used this word another time is what we call uh, the sifting of Simon. The sifting of Simon Peter. This story is in Luke chapter 22. And I'll just paraphrase it. Where Jesus said to Peter at that time, this is Paul Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you. Now wouldn't you like Jesus praying for you right now? We'll get to that in a minute. But, but it's interesting. He used the word deomai. He didn't say I'm I'm interceding. Uh, I'm rebuking. He didn't say, don't worry about it, Pete. I got you covered. I, I just rebuked the devil in my name and he's gone. He won't bother you ever again. He said, no, he's decided to sift you like we thought. I've prayed for you. I've supplicated for you. There's a great need here, Peter. And I'm, I'm concerned about you as Peter because I have a plan for your life. He says, I prayed for you, what? That your faith wouldn't fail. Isn't that interesting? That's what Jesus prayed. He supplicated himself out. He said, oh, Father, Father, I'm coming. There's a great need here. Peter's got a great need. Satan's trying to sift him like wheat. But I'm 
supplicating. I'm pouring myself out. I'm making entreaty. I'm begging you, Father, that his faith won't fail. You see, he could have prayed for all kinds of things. And so he could have said, I just rebuked him and he went away. So I pray that your faith will fail. Why? He had a plan for so, so that when you're converted, when this thing turns around, you'll be stronger in faith. He says, you'll go and strengthen the others. God's always up to something deeper than just our Jesus saw the true need was not that Satan would leave Peter alone, but that his faith would fail. His faith would fail. So it's all about faith. And that's how Jesus prayed for Peter. Uh, early church, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I just love it. Here's the baby church, the new, the brand new church. It's early, but there's suddenly there's crisis. Their leaders are thrown in jail. There's persecution coming. It's, it's early and what do they do? They gather, they pray, they call out on the sovereign God. They said, oh, sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth. They went totally global, sovereign. You're big, you're God, you can do anything. And it says they cried out with supplication. What did they pray? God, make us stronger. Give us boldness. Grant us boldness that we can proclaim the gospel. Stretch forth your hand to heal in the name of your holy child, Jesus. They're just coming and pouring out, besieging, like, it's a baby church. They don't even have the New Testament yet. It's still being written. <laughs> like they're making history, and the Holy Spirit's new to them, but they're crying out, they're supplicating. God is bringing answer. So I think this is something that we can't forget to do. I pray that God will help you shape your prayer life through supplication. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of needs in the days ahead. There's one more form of supplication that's lightly mentioned in the New Testament. Let me make this note on the word travail. Maybe you've heard the word travail. It's actually, uh, you see it first in uh, Isaiah 66, verse 6, where it says, When Zion travailed, she brought forth. It's a birthing word. It's a word of intensity. Um, it's where you're overcome in prayer. You're overcome in the mental and emotional realm with the need. This is a very intense type of prayer. Maybe, I'm sure some of you have been in that yourself. Maybe there's people fighting for their lives right now, and people are in intense travail. Uh, it's an extension of supplication. You just kind of get very emotional. You kind of get there's a there's a pressing in. It's not a means necessarily to get the answer. Like, well, if I get super emotional and scream and shout and, and, and you know faint on the floor, then God will finally answer my prayer because I can. It's not about twisting God's arm harder. Travail doesn't bring the answer. It's just an intense method of bringing the need. You can sense the need with great emotion. That would, that will come when people are very close to you, when you're tied in deeply to the situation. It leads you into a very deep communication with God, where God will give you whatever He wants to give you, and certainly assurance and peace. Sometimes you just pray, and you you don't have a clear answer, but you have peace. And we need to do that. Paul used this idea in Galatians 4, 19, he says, I, I, I'm praying for you, and I'm supplicating, and he used the word in childbirth until Christ be formed in you. Paul was so intensely motivated for his people to see Christ formed in them that he prevailed. He said, like, in childbirth, it's, it's a birthing word. Sometimes something gets birthed in us, and all the ladies who've had children, you know what that's like. It's an intense time. Something's birthed, something's happening. So that's a little note on that. 
The second word that Paul used here, I urge that supplications and prayers be made for all men. All kinds of men and women, especially those in authority. And here's the most common word translated for prayer in all of the New Testament. It's the word prosuke. It means to, to, to pray to. Suke is, is the root word where we get the word soul from, where we get the word psychology. It's where you direct your soul pro toward God. So you're meeting face to face. You're having communion with God. You're giving your soul to God. And you're expressing your mind, your will, your emotions. It literally means to speak face to face. It'd be like having a Zoom meeting with God, FaceTime. It's your face and God's face. This is more of a private prayer sometimes. This is where you get alone with God. This is where Jesus... yesterday and just talk to him. Not always verbal, sometimes out loud. I muttered out loud, but I just talk. Just hanging out. It's like he was walking with me, like the old hymn. Walks with me, talks with me, tells me I'm his own. I love that. In Luke chapter 3, we see the baptism of Jesus. Verse 21, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, prosuke, having communion with God, it says the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form. And then a voice came, You're my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. That is a beautiful scenario of prosuke. Jesus, the crowd was there, he's being baptized, but he's having communion with God. Jesus is praying. And the heavens opened up, and the voice of God came. I think that's beautiful. That's for us, too. We go on in Luke, just a few other verses. Let me just describe a few other Luke encounters in chapter 5, verse 16, Luke 5, 16, we see Jesus says that, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So there's this, there's this time where you're going to go away, you're going to be alone with God, that's prosuke. This is where just you and God hang out. Uh, it's conversational. This is where you expect and listen for the voice of God. It's not a one-way lecture. It's now where you're coming and saying, God, let's talk. You approach God with a mindset not so much on what's needed uh, or on the certainty of something. You seek to discern his loving will. It's where it says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Will you come and you, you need your love tank filled up a little bit, God? It's where God will fill you up. Uh, it emphasizes just the submission and desire to the will of God. It's, it is where you come and say, God, I just come, and I know you have the answers, and I know I need the answers. God, let's just hang out. Uh, direct me in your word. This is, a time when, this is what happens, I think, when you're reading your Bible. Uh, we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus in Scripture. So it's a beautiful time when you're reading your Bible, and you're, you're face-to-face with God. And he's talking to you through his word, and you're giving, and you're giving muttering his word back. So this is how we understand literally what we would call the life of prayer. This is what goes on intermittently, in and out, throughout the day. This this constant sense that God's with you. You don't have to have a running conversation 24-7. He's hanging out. He's with you. That's good to know. And that's where you get knowledge of what to do 
kings and those in authority or queens in your, in your country. Yeah, there's a lot of prayer going up from world leaders, and we don't know how many are saved or not, but they need prayer. They need prayer. They need our intercession. I'll also use this in reference to Jesus in Hebrews 7.25. It says, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Isn't that wonderful? Do you know that you have an intercessor? Do you know that you have two intercessors? Two. Isn't that awesome? Let me show you who they are. Besides Jesus. Go over in the book of Romans. And I want you to look at chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You see, the reality of our, I think our constant condition that makes us feel weak when it comes to prayer. I've never met a Christian where I said, say, how's your prayer life? And they said, fantastic. It's it's perfect. I've given a 10 out of 10. No improvements necessary. Never met anybody like that. Because we always feel like, I just, am I praying enough? Am I getting through? Am I, I just feel like, I don't get a report card. How am I doing? And I think many, 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 many of them know it. I think more than if we just listen, my beloved son and daughter, my Lord pleased. He's pleased with us when we just come to him. But we feel weak sometimes, so Paul's writing to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 26. He says, well, let me tell you what, when you feel weak in prayer, he goes, the Spirit will help us in our weakness. And the weakness is weakness in prayer. Weakness in, in this mortal life. Mortality is a, is a, is a temporary state of he says, we don't know what to pray for. That's what makes us weak. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to. And that's when we feel weak. We feel like, ah, there's almost like a shame and a guilt. Huh? You know, I ought to pray more. I ought to know what to pray for. He says, but look at the Spirit will help you. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus sends a, a helper. That's what he's called. In the, in the Gospel of John, he says, I'm going to send another helper. The Holy Spirit's our helper. He'll help us in prayer. The word help is a little four-letter English word, H-E-L-P. In the Greek, it's a big, long, three-part word, sunantilambano. Sunantilambano. Lambano means to take a hold of something. Anti means against. And sun means with. So you put that together, what kind of help? The Holy Spirit comes and he takes hold of that which is against you. Pressure, crisis, weakness, unknowns, health issues, financial issues, whatever is coming against you, he comes along and takes hold of that with you. And with you go the Holy Spirit as your intercessor. He's taking hold of your problems with you. Watch. We don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Sometimes with groanings too deep for words. He is so in tune with what is happening. Sometimes we don't have, in our case, the English word describe. And he'll come and he gives us language. That's why praying with spiritual language is so important. It says, and he who searches the hearts, this is verse 27, isn't that great to know? But see, when the Holy Spirit is interceding with you, he's searching what's going on in your heart. Like the Bible says, you know, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are all the issues of life. All those issues bubbling in your heart, flowing in, in and out of your heart, he takes a hold of because he's reading that. He says, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes, there's the word again, for the saints, that's you and me, according to the will of God. Bingo, now that's a 10 out of 10. When 
the Holy Spirit prays, he's perfect. He prays according to the will of God every time. Never misses. Because he's one with the Father. So isn't that a cool person to have on your prayer team? Isn't it good to know that right now, right now, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you at the throne of God with the Father. And he's not alone. He's with Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now. And if you go over to verse 834, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one that died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, watch, who indeed is interceding for us. Wow. We have two-thirds of the Godhead interceding for us right now with the other part of the Godhead. the question right now. Are you interested in one day? I am. See, this to me is such a beautiful motivator for prayer. If the Holy Spirit and Jesus are making intercession for you, I want to get in on their prayer meeting. I want to go to their prayer meeting. Uh, a lot of times we want the Holy Spirit to come to our prayer meeting. <laughs> say, Let's just invite the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, you know what? That's good. But you know what? If I had my choice, I want to go to their prayer meeting. I want to join Jesus and the Holy Spirit because they're making intercession for me right now. They're bringing needs to the Father. You see, so selflessly, it's not about them. It's about the people, those that don't have access to God. They have perfect access. So I hope this encourages you that we have needs. We're needy people. But prayer is our access to God. And in this hour, I'm sure there's <clears throat> things in your own life that needs. Hey, no problem. Something, hey, pour yourself out. Pour your needs out before God. Just drop them all there. Other people have needs. Intercede for them. If they don't have access, you do. Lend your access to God to them on their behalf. Then spend time in community. Commune with God face-to-face. -face. Do FaceTime with God. Open up your Bible and just read it. Just read a verse and read it back to God. And just thank Him for it. God, I don't really understand all this, but I thank you for your word. Because it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So let me pray for you. Let's all pray for churches. We often supplicated for churches over and over. He used the word supplication, introducing a couple of his epistles that described how he said, I'm constantly supplicating for you. Because he knew there was needs. And I know you have needs. Many of you have personal needs. There's needs in, 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 your, in the Agam area. There's needs in your nation. Uh, we, have, we have needy people. Uh, we have a really big God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, first of all, for Dave and Julia, their leadership there, their shepherding of, of the flock right now, uh, Dave's capacity to create these wonderful technologies to keep everybody connected. God, I pray for each and every family at RCF and those listening. They're not necessarily RCF, but you're listening in today. Lord, I, I just lift up needs. We all have needs. So I supplicate, as you said. First of all, I urge you to make supplication for all kinds of people. So Lord, we just present our needs to you. And Father, I also just commune with you for a moment. Say, Lord, speak to us in our time of need. Dialogue with us. Let us have good face time. Father, we make intercession for those that can't come to you. We don't know how, but 
don't have access. They're not born again. They have no spirit. The spirit is not alive yet. Pray for those, Lord, that need you. Loved ones, family members, the sick and the dying, the hurting, the ones that you came to save. Lord, may, may you win for them. May we win on your behalf for the very reason why you died for them. So we thank you for that. Lord, cause these days to build your church. Make us strong, robust. And again, Lord, we just say, get us ready for the harvest. There's a great harvest for waiting. Get us ready. Equip the saints for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I long to be with you. Paul said that to the Romans, and I can't wait to be back at RCF.